You're listening to Pulse Radio. Hey, we are here. We are alive. We are kicking it. And we are in an NBA season that has the divisional rivalry. If y'all know last Friday, I did the, the, the broadcast about how I wanted to see Ben Simmons traded to the Nets and James Harden traded to the 76ers. And I didn't think it would happen. I thought it would be so premature. I thought that we were all just wishing upon a star that it would happen, but the talks would stall, and James Harden would still find a way to end up on the 76ers. But Ben Simmons, I know what would happen with him, but I held out hope that this NBA season would get a major storyline twist like this, and we got it. I'm so excited. This has to be probably the best NBA deadline ever. And I'm so excited to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, host of Post Radio in the building to recap the day that was, the period that was, the NBA trade deadline. And I promise you, this has to be the best trade deadline of all time. I have been an NBA fan, I would say probably since I was in middle school. I think around the time of the time LeBron got into the league, I started to really pay attention However, I was always a fan of Allen Iverson. I remember watching some NBA Finals games with my dad. But I really got into the NBA around the time I was around first grade or second grade. So that's like 03, 04. But I really became invested as a real fanatic of the NBA in the 2005-2006 season in which the Miami Heat won the NBA championship. And I cannot tell you an NBA trade deadline that was this dramatic that was this climactic, and they had everyone on their toes about what was going to happen in the association. I want to say one thing, right? First and foremost to start, shout out to the Brooklyn Nets fans. I got to give a hand clap for them. Y'all are great. I am not a Brooklyn Nets fan. I am a Brooklyn Nets sort of hater. I want to see them. I still want to see them lose, to be honest. But y'all are amazing. I'm going to tell you the reason why the Brooklyn Nets fans are amazing. Shams reported last Friday that there were conversations about James Harden being traded to the 76ers, right? So ever since that moment, it happened around, I would say, 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. The Nets fans were on spaces literally every day for hours on Twitter spaces, even up till now. I think they're still taking a break, but until that trade happened. When the trade happened, because it was announced literally at the start of like that final th two, three hours of the trade deadline, I was watching Malika Andrews and they were doing the big trade deadline special. And it happened at the start of that trade deadline special. And I was like, man, I reacted. I was excited because I wanted this and I foretold of why I thought that this would be an amazing trade because I wanted to see a divisional rivalry. But the coverage on Twitter spaces from the Nets fans and the facts that they brought up and the reports, the obscure reports for, for some people that they brought up, I, I, I knew full and full that James Harden was going to be traded. So it wasn't a shock, to be 100% honest. It was not a shock at all. But I have to just salute them because y'all are some broadcasters, man. One more time, Hancock. Get to sleep. You're going to need it. The Nets are winning the championship no time this year. And I, if they do, I'll go down with it. I believe that the Nets are not winning the championship this year. I believe that Ben Simmons is going to be sort of a problem. And I believe the Nets have something in store for them. But we'll see. Because I think Kevin Durant is a great player. And I believe that Kevin Durant is going to make it work. But let's talk about the trade. So the 76ers acquired James Harden. And they gave up Ben Simmons. Seth Curry, which is a big, actually, addition to the Nets. Andre Drummond, the 2022 first-round pick, and the 2027 first-round pick. There were reports that were coming out in the previous days that the talks were being stalled because the Nets wanted Matisse Thybul. And Matisse Thybul is an amazing defender. Um, he was teammates with Patty Mills in the Olympics, and they were killing it, you know, for Australia. 
Matisse Thibel is a tenacious defender that will fight around picks, that, that'll get in your body, that'll knock you off your spot. And I understand why both teams want him. And I'm glad the 76ers got a chance to keep Thibel because I think it sort of makes up for what you lose in Ben Simmons. Because Thibel is a tenacious perimeter defender, and Thibel has a little bit of a shot. I was watching the, the game against the Suns, and Thibel will shoot, and he'll make it. But Seth Curry, that's a big loss and a big game for Brooklyn, especially with Joe Harris being injured. But also you have Andre Drummond that's going to the Nets. The Nets have never had a reliable center. They tried to embrace small ball and having five players that can shoot, and LaMarcus Aldridge is like their, their biggest player. Nick Claxton registers as a center, but he was only really a lob threat, to be honest. He was, a, you know, a, a nice athletic guy, but there was no real center that could get rebounds that could really be a defensive presence. So I think it was very smart that Sean Marks got Andre Drummond. I think that's very smart. And then those two first-round picks in 2022 and 2027, those are amazing because now those are tradable assets, right? For 2022, those are tradable assets around the draft. And, of course, 2027, if folks are looking towards the future, those are tradable assets as well. I want to start off in talking about the 76ers trade of Ben Simmons for James Harden and those key pieces for the Nets by bringing up one of my favorite authors. So I woke up today and there's this account called Robert Greene's Musings. And Robert Greene, if you do not know Robert Greene, he's a prolific author. He's the author of one of uh, the most famous books in history, The 48 Laws of Power. Robert Greene did a book with 50 Cent a few years ago. And it's entitled The 50 of Law. And the basis of the book is about how to overcome fear. I saw a quote from the Robert Greene's Musings account that said, often when you begin a project of any kind, it is from the wrong end. And that was the quote. And I was like, huh? What does that mean? So I Googled it. And I do that often when I see those quotes. I Google it. And I found the full quote from the book, The 50 of Law. Attune yourself to the details. Often when you begin a project of any kind, it is from the wrong end. You tend to think first of what you want to accomplish, imagining the glory and money it will bring you if it succeeds. You then proceed to make this concept come to life. But as you go forward, you often lose patience because the small steps to get there are not nearly as exciting as the ambitious visions in your head. Now, NBA fans, sports fans, Pulse Radio family, tell me that that doesn't perfectly describe the super team in Brooklyn. It was a great concept that they looked at it from the wrong end. Kyrie is, is very much so mercurial. You, you don't know what he's going to do. Allegedly, especially according to Kendrick Perkins, James Harden had been one of the team with, with, with Kevin Durant for years, and he wanted him to come to the Rockets, but Kevin Durant didn't even, didn't even take a meeting with the Rockets and went to the Warriors, and they had those legendary duels in the playoffs. But Kevin Durant and James Harden wanted to play with each other. And then you have Kyrie who was sitting out games to start the shortened 2020-2021 season. So it's like, you know, getting James Harden is sort of a safe space because Kyrie is injury prone and he's prone just to miss games just because he feels like it. But on paper, it makes so much sense. Kyrie is probably the most skilled ball handler that we've ever seen. Kevin Durant is possibly the greatest scorer we've ever seen. And James Harden has a case to be the greatest scorer we, we've ever seen. And James Harden is literally a triple-double machine. He can shoot. He can pass. He can finish. He is a very complete player at his best. So the Nets rushed to make this big three. They didn't worry about building a team around them. They just decided, you know what? We're going to sign old all-stars like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. We're going to sign one good player that actually legitimately can be a starter for us in Patty Mills. And we're going to fill out with young players and just mid-level exception players and, 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 and you know, just, just minimum guys and just build it and hope for the best for the big three, which is a 2010 concept because that's what the Miami Heat did when they got LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. It didn't work that first year for the Miami Heat. But it's like, hey, if you have talent of that ilk, you can put Randall and 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 Ariel and everybody around them, and we're going to win a championship. Ariel and I are not basketball players. We're not trained athletes right now. 
But the the hell belief is that we have a Tom Brady, we have a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, or just a collection of great talent in basketball. You can pick anybody up off the street and then go play with them and win a championship. I personally believe in 2022, that is no longer true. The game has changed. Defenses have gotten more complex. Talent has grown around the league. There's more. There's not a, a talent disparity anymore. On every team, almost, there's a standout player. So I just don't believe the super team concept works anymore. At the very least, how it's currently constructed. I think that the future of super teams is what Kevin Durant did in Golden State, which is Kevin Durant goes to an already established team and he makes that team better. But this whole entire thing of let me get Russell Westbrook to join LeBron and Anthony Davis and Taylor Horton Tucker because the rest of the team is new. I don't think that that's a sustainable process. Oh, let's get James Harden to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Kyrie's unpredictable. And then bring in these, these guys that if Kevin Durant wasn't on the court, they'd be basically the worst team in the league. And we see it. The Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and now without James Harden and Kyrie playing role games is basically the Cleveland Cavaliers of 2013. They were seduced by the process, but they looked at the construction of that team from the wrong end. Now, I think that the Nets got better. Ben Simmons at his full form is, I believe, a younger version of Draymond Green that also can score more. He has the same type of vision, maybe even better passing vision than Draymond Green, and you give him Kyrie Irving on a part-time basis and Kevin Durant on the wings, plus Seth Curry. Who's to say that that Joe Harris hasn't come back? Imagine a lineup of either Patty Mills or or Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris at small forward, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Or you might want to put Kevin Durant at the center. And have him guard, guard the big guy because I think Kevin Durant is, is, is just taller than Ben Simmons by a couple inches. That's a dangerous lineup. That's almost similar. That's very similar to what Golden State ran with Kevin Durant in Golden State, that small ball death lineup. So I think, I think that the Nets get better, but it's just a toss-up how Ben Simmons is going to play. Ben is now in New York. The Nets are a significant team in the market, but they're not more significant than the New York Knicks. However, you're still in New York. So if you couldn't succeed in Philadelphia, who has a very strong fan base, New York is the media capital of the world, and now you've been even further thrust into the spotlight because you're right next to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, which is a national story with him not wanting to take the vaccine, and now you have to perform in New York. I really don't know how that's going to go. I believe that Seth is the key to this trade. And the 76ers fans hate that they lost him. Seth was a warrior, and no pun intended. But Seth was was the guy, man. He was great for that 76ers team. He was cool. He did his job. He was a great shooter. It's a shame that the 76ers lose him, but the Nets are happy to have him. For Philadelphia, really quickly, I want to say this this for Philadelphia, you get James Harden. The presumed notion is that James Harden is going to play up to his you know, his standards. We know that the Houston Rockets' James Harden is gone. That James Harden is is, is gone. He, he's gone away. He is a figment of the past. The James Harden that crossed over, I believe, Wesley Johnson when the Rockets played the Clippers and licked his lips and waited for him to come back and shot the three-pointer, that James Harden is gone. You have a James Harden that is dealing with hamstring issues because I believe he still does deal with that hamstring issue. He's slower. He's a little bit heavier. And he's more of a, of a, of a point guard now more than that shooting guard that'll drop 50 on, on in three straight games. He's not that guy anymore. But you want to know the best thing about James Harden being on the 76ers? He doesn't have to be. The 76ers are not a super team. The 76ers are what I believe is a well-constructed team that should be really seriously considered title favorites. People are waiting for Joel Embiid to fall off. They're waiting for Joel Embiid to get injured. Well, now guess what? Joel Embiid's workload decreases because if James Harden comes in, even at his current stat line, he averages 22 points and 10 assists, that's going to significantly lower what Joel Embiid has to do. And Joel Embiid can still play at an MVP level. And then you can run lineups where Joel Embiid isn't on the floor, and now you have James Harden that can run that offense. You put James Harden around some shooters and some athletic guys, and man, he's going to make some magic happen. So I believe that this trade works out so perfectly. But I want to elaborate 
on one point that I believe that in my last podcast, where I talked about the potential of this trade, I didn't bring up. I did a recording, a broadcast about why the NFL was beating the NBA and why the Chiefs Bills game especially proved that because the NFL divisional round of the playoffs was amazing. All four of those games were great, right? And I basically admitted that the NFL was the number one league in the world. They're the, they're, they're, the, they're the best sports league in the world. And the NBA pales in comparison. And one of the reasons why I cited that the NBA was losing to the NFL was because there were stakes in every game and there were rivalries. And I said that there's nothing that rivals the, the Saints versus the, the, the Falcons. There's nothing that rivals the rivalry between the Cowboys and the Rams or the Cowboys and the 49ers. Like, there's nothing like that. There's not even a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type rivalry that's going on. And, and someone said on Twitter, and I, and I semi-agree, that rivalries are built in the playoffs. And that's true. But the closest we got to that type of rivalry was Trey Young and the Hawks versus the Knicks. That's the closest we got. And then I guess the Bucks and the Nets, maybe, they might not play again. The Nets might not even make the playoffs, let alone they might not make it out the first round, to be honest. So, so, so the Bucks might not even see them unless it's in the first round. But now, and I know this isn't the playoffs, but now you have a rivalry. Because James Harden going to the 76ers, I don't think Kevin Durant likes that. I don't think the Nets like that. So now you have a divisional rivalry because they're in division. Now we're going to really be looking at the playoff standings, and it's a possibility. Let's say the Nets stabilize it, and I think they can go as high as the four or five seed. Let's say the 76ers stand pat. Is it possible that we could see the Nets versus the 76ers in the first round or the second round? Is it possible we can see that? Looking at the standings, the 76ers are currently the number five seed. So if, if the playoffs started today, we'd see a great matchup that we've always wanted to see, Joel Embiid versus Giannis. All right, we would see that. And the Nets are currently in the eighth seed, so that they'd have to battle the um, the Boston Celtics to try to get the seventh seed in which they, they would play the, the, the Chicago Bulls. And they've not matched up well against the Bulls, and now you don't have James Harden. But let's say the Nets get going, and, you know, the 76ers stay where they are. They stay in the five seat, right? And maybe the Bucks fall and falter a little bit because they didn't play all that well against, against the Suns. Let's say the Bucks falter a little bit. Let's say Boston make, makes a run or Brooklyn makes a little bit of a run and they stabilize. Let's say, you know, they, they hover around that 50-win range, all right? They hover around maybe their, their, their floor is 50 and 32, and they end up playing – the 76ers in the first round. Wouldn't that be amazing? And I just want to say once again that March the 10th is going to be like the Super Bowl for the regular season of the NBA because that's on TNT. Yeah, y'all saw how Greasy Chuck was talking. Y'all saw how Greasy Chuck was talking during that All-Star draft and all that. Imagine the comedy on TNT at 7.30 p.m., that pregame show. We have Kyrie Irving that's going to be playing. Ben Simmons could possibly be playing, which he might not. And you have James Harden and Joel Embiid. They have, you know, time to gel and get together. Kevin Durant will hopefully be back. And you get a great rivalry game. That's what I'm looking forward to. But the Eastern Conference is very interesting. And the Eastern Conference is definitely more interesting than the Western Conference. Because the Suns are running through everybody, clearly. The Suns are clearly the best team in the West. But in the East, man, I don't know. It's a tougher Eastern Conference. I need y'all to put some respect on the Eastern Conference. This is not the same conference that LeBron ran through. It's a lot of very well-constructed teams, and it's a lot of trades that happened that made the Eastern Conference better. And I know we spent nearly 30 minutes talking about the, the Harden-Simmons trade, but it deserves that. That saved, to me, the NBA season, and I think we deserve a playoff meeting with them if the Nets even make the playoffs. And clearly, if things stay the way that they are, and the 76ers and the Nets stay stand pat and people stay where they are, clearly that's your opening night game. I don't care if, if, if the Nets don't make the playoffs or if they do. I don't care if the, the 76ers win the finals or they don't. That's one of your games. I'm sorry. <laughs> TNT, because TNT normally has that game. Whoever wins the ring, okay, cool. All right? But at the same time, y'all need to have Tuesday or Wednesday, Nets 76ers to start next season. I want to see it, but I digress. All right? 
I, I, I've talked enough about this. We'll, we'll revisit this trade on March the 10th and see what happens, all right? But let's talk about other trades that went down in the association. So the Mavericks send Kristaps Porzingis to the Wizards. The Mavericks got Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. And the Wizards gets Kristaps Porzingis and a 2022 second round pick. And, and that second round pick is from Dallas. I think the Wizards, I don't know what they're trying to do. Uh, I think that that's a great get for the Mavericks. I believe that people are not viewing this trade in the right light because I understand that, you, that we're having LeBron flashbacks because the Cavaliers didn't properly set up LeBron to win in Cleveland. But I believe that Luka is far away from where LeBron was, especially where LeBron was in the 2009-2010 season. Because the Cavaliers just simply at that time did not get it done. I believe that Dinwiddie is a very skilled player. And he's the point guard. If they, if they don't get rid of him. He's the point guard that can allow Luka to play off ball. And he can set up plays for other players. Because Spencer Dinwiddie is a point guard. And he's someone that, 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 that's a taller guard that can defend. And then Davis Bertans is someone that can space the floor. Like Chris Stapps was non-existent. Like the, the, the Mavericks... Played the Clippers last night, and the Clippers don't have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We get that. Luka with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was busting their butts up. Like the Mavericks had the lead, and they should they had the lead in that series, and they should have won that series. And let's not forget, I think it was like either game three or four. Luka came out and was hitting like literally fall away three-point shots over the Clippers, and he was busting them up. I think game four, it was one Friday night. I was going crazy. Luka always shows up against the Clippers. But you want to know the reason why the Mavericks didn't advance past the Clippers? Chris Porzingis. Because, like, literally outside of, of, of Tim Hardaway Jr., Luka had no help. And Rick Carlisle just refused to try to play, you know, um, um, Boban because the, the Clippers had no one to compete with them as far as size. They had no one that could get in there and stop Boban. And it, it showed. But Rick Carlisle just decided not to do that. And the team was, was poorly constructed because it was a Luka-based team. So I think that, now granted, this isn't a splashy trade and maybe they still get, 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 get Goran Dragic, but I think Spencer Dinwiddie works. I think that his skill set works for the Mavericks and Bertans is, is a floor spacer, he's a shooter, and I think Luka's going to enjoy having that on his team. And, and I know it's sort of redundant, because yeah, I, I would assume that the Mavericks still have Maxi Kleber, but I mean, you can play a small ball lineup of Maxi Kleber and Bertans and space out the floor, give Luka, you know, some room to drive, make the defense collapse, and then you kick it out to Tim Hardaway Jr., you kick it out to, to, to Kleber or Bertans. And then I trust a little bit Dinwiddie running the Mavericks offense while Luka's on the bench. I trust it. So I don't understand why people are down in this trade I think for the Mavericks, it's great. The Wizards beat the Nets. Everyone's beating the Nets. I don't know what getting Chris Stapp's gut does for you because he's not that same guy. And it's unfortunate because we have to acknowledge that he did suffer, I believe, a torn Achilles. So he suffered an injury a few years ago. So he has not been the same since then. So, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with him. And hopefully that's this change of scenery can help him out. But he needed to go. And everyone that wanted to see the Mavericks succeed and see Luka finally get his playoff moment, we wanted to see Chris Stapps-Prezink is gone. He's not the same guy that you thought you would get. So the Celtics acquire Derek Wright from the San Antonio Spurs. They traded to the Spurs, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, the Boston's 2022 first-round pick that's protected, and a 2028 first-round pick swap. The Hawks, the Hawks fans really wanted Derek White, and I understand it. And it sucks that Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford is all you had to give up. The Hawks could have given up anybody to, to get Derek White and 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 you know build out that 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 perimeter team. But I think the Celtics get a little bit better. I just didn't understand the Dennis Schroeder trade that happened after that. I think Derek White's gonna help out the Hawks, especially now with James Harden going to um, Philadelphia. And then you have, you know, you have Trey Young, you have James Harden, you have Kyrie Irving, you know, you have, you know, you have Fred Van Fleet, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Kyle Lowry, you have LaMelo Ball. So you have a lot of great perimeter talent in the East. 
So, I mean, getting Derek White, who's a, a capable defender, and he can create his own shot, I think that that works for the Celtics. But you needed a point guard that can help distribute to Jason Tatum and to Jalen Brown. I've talked about that before on this podcast. I don't know why you trade Dennis Schroeder. I don't really get it. Dennis Schroeder was playing well for the Celtics. I didn't hear him being about him being disgruntled. He was playing for his contract, honestly. And they have been on a win streak. They've been on like on a five, six game win streak. I don't understand that move. You get Daniel Tice back. He used to play for the Celtics. I don't know what that really does for you. Then you lose Ennis Freedom. And Ennis Freedom is a good rebounder. I know it's a lot that's been coming with him recently with all the news headlines. But he on the court, he's a great rebounder. I just don't know what the Celtics get for this. And, I, and I, what I understand, they're trying to dump money to try to go for a splashy free agent. But the free agent market, you know, is sort of dry this summer. So you're looking towards like what 2023 offseason like I, I don't I don't get it you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown maximize them now they needed a point guard I, I don't know what the Celtics are doing but Brad Stevenson he failed up and they hired a black coach to hire Emil Doka so maybe Emil Doka will make it work but you need a point guard get a point guard that can help in distributing to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum I think that's all the Celtics fans want I don't really too much understand them giving that Dennis Schroeder, but maybe Dennis Schroeder will make it to the Lakers because, spoiler alert, the Lakers didn't make any move. Now, I really like this trade. So, the Milwaukee Bucks get Serge Ibaka in a four-team trade. So, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Pistons engaged in a big trade that really would have probably been the story of the day had it not been for James Harden and Ben Simmons. But the Bucks get Serge Ibaka. They get Sacramento's second-round pick. They get Detroit's second-round pick. And they get cash considerations from the LA Clippers. The Clippers also got a good, you know, good little crew going on. They get Rodney Hood. They get Semi Ojale. And they get Vanja Marakovic. I think that might be the guy. Okay, no, no, no. That, that's someone else. Okay, so hopefully I said his name right. But I like Rodney Hood for the Clippers. I think that the Clippers are really playing the long game. They're playing chess with y'all. The Clippers next year, when Kawhi comes back and Paul George comes back, and hopefully they stay healthy. They're going to be a very formidable team. And hopefully they maybe get Patrick Beverly back. I think Patrick Beverly works perfect with, with, with Clippers. But they're going to be dangerous on next year. Now, this year, I don't know. Maybe Kawhi and Paul George come back and, and, and they make some noise in the play-in and then make the playoffs and play, um, you know, the Suns in a rematch of the Western Conference Finals last year. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think that next year they'll be dangerous. So the Kings, who have been... They, they traded away Tyrese Halliburton, and that was really odd. But they get Dante DiVincenzo from Milwaukee. They get Josh Jackson from Detroit. Trey Lyles from Detroit. David Machinu from the Clippers and a second-round pick from Detroit. I don't know what the Kings are trying to do, but they have Sabonis now. They have DiVincenzo that I guess will sort of replace the shooting that you get that you had for, with Buddy Hill. Um, Josh Jackson is, is, is a pretty good forward. Plays good defense to me. He's, he's, a, he's a hustle guy at points. I, I want to see what the Kings do. I guess they're trying to put themselves in, in, in a play-in run mode, but I don't know how that's going to work for them. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I don't too much know what this does for the Kings, but I think DiVincenzo is going to be a great player for them. And the Pistons get Marvin Bagley, which the Pistons, we'll see what they become. They have the first-round pick. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be making a lot of picks for a lot of players in these next few years because they're not where they need to be. But I think that Serge Ibaka going to the Bucks, especially with um, Brooke Lopez. Now, yeah, Brooke Lopez being out, because I get his, his brother and, and him mixed up. But with Brooke Lopez being out, I think this is a really great move. And this is going to shore up the defense a lot. And you definitely start Ibaka if he's healthy. And it's going to be hard for the guards in the East and in the West, honestly, to be real, if they make it to the finals, to get past Serge Ibaka and Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's going to be hard to get through that 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 front line, man. Tell me. Because Serge Ibaka and Giannis that be blocking shots and they're going to play tenacious defense, that's going to be tough, man. I'm telling you. So look out for that one. But another great trade, my guy, the Hornets acquire Montrez Harold from the Wizards. So the Hornets are getting Montrez Harold and the Wizards are getting Vernon Carey Jr., Ish Smith, and a 2023 second-round pick, and that was Boston's pick via Charlotte. 
this is such a great trade for the Hornets because you have now someone that LaMelo Ball can throw the ball to up in lobs and someone that you know can go and get you a bucket. I think that outside of LaMelo Ball, that's what the Hornets were lacking. I think that they were lacking someone that in general, a perimeter player or a big, that could just go get a bucket or get a basket to stop a run or to ignite a run. Like Montrez isn't the most tenacious defensive player, but one thing Montrez is going to do more than anything, he going to get you a bucket, period. He's going to get you a bucket. So I think that this is a great move, and the Hornets, surprisingly, are in position to make some noise in the playoffs. When I look at the standings for the Hornets, when I look at the standings, the Hornets are in the playoff picture. The Hornets, looking at, I'm looking at it, the Hornets are the number nine seed. And the Nets play the Heat coming up. So the Nets could be 29 and 27 going into Super Bowl Sunday, right? So I don't think they lose against the Kings, but the Nets coming up, the Nets they play because they play, they play the Heat on Saturday at 8 p.m. They play the Kings. I don't think they lose to the Kings again, but Kyrie Irving's not going to play. They then play the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. So you have... So, so Kyrie's last game that you're going to see him until after the All-Star break is going to be in Miami at, 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 at the FTX Arena, right? So on Monday, they play the, they play the Kings in Barclays. So we know that Kyrie Irving's not going to make it. Madison Square Garden, he's not going to play in New York, so that's not happening. That's two games that Kyrie's going to miss, and Kevin Durant's not going to be back. They play the Wizards again at home, so of course Kyrie's not going to be there, but they might beat the Wizards. And then they play the Celtics at home, and the Celtics are going to slaughter them again, okay? And you're not going to see Kyrie until they play the Bucks on Saturday the 26th at 5-serve Forum. So Kyrie is missing four games going into the All-Star break. So it's very well that the Hornets can get that number eight seed. Now, granted, they'll still be in the play-in, but they're in a better, a better position to make it and move up the standings going into the second half of the season. So you get Montrez Harrell and you possibly can get out the play-in tournament and get a sixth seed. Because looking at the records at the bottom, the Raptors are in the sixth seed. They're 31 and 23. And the Raptors, looking at their schedule, they they play the, they play the, the Nuggets coming up on Saturday at 7.30. The Pelicans, they have their retool team. We'll see how that, how that works out. You know, you have the Timberwolves that are trying to make the playoffs. They play the Hornets. The Hawks, and the Hawks got to win against the Raptors. Oh, my gosh. And then they play the Nets on the 28th. That might be a win. Who knows? So it's looking really interesting because the Raptors could make a slot. Who knows? So the Hornets very well could end up in that sixth spot. I think the Hawks, I think the Hornets, I think the Celtics, and I think the Raptors are fighting to get out, get out of that playoff, that, that play-in tournament picture and to just get legitimately in the playoffs. I'm rooting for the Hawks to make it, but I'm an objective analyst. So any one of those teams can get there. So I just want to just say that. Any one of those teams can get there. So the Hornets acquiring Montrez Harold, he's a bucket. I don't care what none of y'all say. This is a great move. So Torrey Craig is going back to the Suns. So the, the Suns got Torrey Craig from Indiana and also cash considerations. And the Pacers get Jalen Smith. Really quickly, the Suns were trying their best to move off of Jalen Smith. They were trying their absolute best. So you get Torrey Craig, who's another forward, and he was just on the Suns. He can, you know, pop and get a three. So... I think that's a great move. So um, the Suns also get Aaron Holiday from Washington, and they just sent, you know, Washington some money. So I guess all, all, all the Wizards, they were doing so good to start the year. So are they having a fire sale? I guess they are. But that, that's a great move for the Suns, too. Aaron, Aaron Holiday's a bucket. So the Suns are getting better low-key. The Suns might be my dark horse pick to win because I don't think the Lakers, the Lakers are in a disarray right now. I, I don't know if the Lakers make it. Uh, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if the Lakers will make it far in the playoffs. The Nets are in a disarray. Kevin Durant can come back and salvage their season, but I doubt it. I think this might be the Suns to win because the Warriors are sort of struggling now too, and they're dealing with injuries with Draymond Green. So, and, and Steph's been slumping recently. So, I mean, the Suns might have a run to go back to the finals and get the revenge and win. I'm telling you, they're looking really nice. All right, so the Raptors trade Goran Dragic to the Spurs. The Raptors get Thaddeus Young from San Antonio and Drew Banks and the 2022 second-round pick from San Antonio. And the Spurs get Goran Dragic, to which they're probably going to be buying him out soon. So Goran Dragic was rumored to be going to the Mavericks because the Mavericks need a point guard. But I think the Celtics need to get in the Goran Dragic sweepstakes because you just you know got rid of Schroeder. And a lot of teams are going to be contending for Dragic. 
So I would look out. I think the Celtics should be top of mind to try to get Drogic. Don't do not let Drogic go to to um the Mavericks. So the Jazz acquire um um Nikhil Alexander Walker from Portland in the three team deal. It you know the Jazz you had the Blazers you had the Spurs. The Jazz getting Nikhil from Portland and um Juanco Drunker home. Ah, uh, Juanco Hernan Gomez. And I hate I can't say these names. I apologize. But um, I've seen him. I think he's a pretty good hustle player, a pretty good big. The Blazers, and this is so cold. They get Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. That's so dirty. Utah, that's so dirty. I understand it's it's you know it's it's business, but Joe Ingles has been a great player for the Jazz. He gets injured and you trade him. I think that's so cold. But I guess it's all business. And the Spurs get Thomas Sadaransky from Portland. All right, so the Thunder, they add Oak, Oak Pala in the Heat trade. Heat get a 2026 second-round pick, and the Thunder get KZ Okapala. I, I, I can't really tell you. I can't call it. So I guess there is an agreement. The 2023 first-round pick is already owed to the Oklahoma City Thunder from Miami. It's been amended to a 2025 first-round pick, 1 through 14, and not conveyed to a 2026 unprotected pick. I really think more than anything, I think the Heat is trying to get trade bait and they're trying, you know, get to get in in play um, for a big trade in the summer because they didn't make a really huge trade in, you know, by the trade deadline. So I guess they're trying to get in line and make a big move in the summer or just get, get, you know, some assets just in case. So, of course, we were going through, you know, the stuff that happened before yesterday. So the Kings got Sabonis from the Pacers and the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson. The Kings got Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. Um, this was such an odd trade. Can I just say this? This was such an odd trade. And it had the social media world on fire because Tyrese Halliburton was committed to being on the Kings. And the Kings didn't let him know. It's a cold game for, for the Jazz to trade Joe Ingles. And for the Kings to trade Tyrese Halliburton when Tyrese Halliburton was committed to staying and turning that dumpster fire of organization around. For y'all not to tell him, hey, man, listen, we're going to trade you, man. That's so dirty. I don't know what the Kings are doing. The Kings are literally like like, like the, the plague of the NBA at this point. I don't know what happened after the Lakers beat them when they had that great team with Bibbeek and Chris Webber in them. I don't know what happened after that when the Lakers beat them, but they've been trash ever since then. Because that was really dirty. And I know it's it's just business. But come on, bro. Come on. All right. So, you know, I, I guess, I mean, Simonis had had a good starting game for the Kings. I guess they're trying to, to you know, to pair, you know, um, De'Aaron Fox with someone that's tough. That's a good big man. I, I don't really know. I don't think the Kings are going to really do anything. I think that, honestly, if you want me to be real, the Pacers are going to look really good. I believe in the next year or two, I believe the Pacers got a haul in this one and Buddy Hill is, is older, but Buddy Hill is going to be someone that's a tradable asset. And I think Buddy Hill doesn't stay on the Pacers, but if he does, the Pacers are going to be tough going into, I believe next season and the season after that, because they're clearly, they're clearly trying to rebuild. And I believe what they're going to try to do. They might try to build a team around Tyrese Halliburton. And I think Tyrese Halliburton is a star that folks aren't really seeing. But Tyrese Halliburton is going to be tough soon. All right, so we're down to a couple of more trades. Okay, so and of course, and I want to just say this. So I'm this. These are all the trades they have here. So of course, the Hawks trade trading Cam Reddish to the Knicks that happened January the thirteenth. Um, so let's go through these last three, and then we're done. All right. So the Trailblazers send C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans. That was one of the first big deals at this trade deadline. And it sort of got lost in the sauce because of James Harden and Ben Simmons. But the Pelicans have C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. And the Blazers get Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker that just got traded to the Jazz, Thomas Sadaransky, and D.D. Louisa, the 2022 first-round pick that's protected, the 2026 second-round pick, and it's going to be whichever is better between the teams, and the 2027 second-round pick, whichever is better between the teams. So, of course, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker then got traded uh, to the Jazz. So, uh, you know, so that happened and Sadoransky got traded to uh, the Spurs. So we know how, you know, that worked out. So those those players then got traded to, to like, you know, to the Jazz and the Spurs respectively. But for the Pelicans, they're in a win now mode. Zion Williamson, man, I don't know what happens to Zion. You know, Zion has had a setback with his injury. Uh, I believe that Zion has not been taking care of his body the way that he should. Um, but Zion is, 
I think he is a generational talent that needs to get his head in the game. I think he needs to become more disciplined because I believe that David Griffin is building a nice team around him. I believe that you, you keep Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram is emerging and then Zion Williamson comes back in full form and then you have CJ McCollum. That's a bucket. I don't, I don't know how you don't win with that. And you know, the Pelicans are in, are in the play in tournament right now. If the season ended today, we would get the matchup that we wanted. It looks like we would get at the nine, the nine versus 10 play-in game. You would get the Lakers versus the Pelicans. And we wanted that. We actually really wanted that in the playoffs because we never get those types of matchups. Like, you know how Tom Brady pay, played Patrick Mahomes? He played Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship. And I believe that was like, what, 2018. And then he played, you know, Patrick Mahomes in, um, you know, the Super Bowl. We did. We never got a Kobe versus LeBron finals. You know, we and we want to see LeBron play the next generation. We, I would love to see a, a, a LeBron versus a, a LeBron Lakers versus Lucas Maverick series because that's like the next generation. I actually would love to see Ja versus the Lakers. You know, the, the, the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, and I would love to see like LeBron. He's on the tail end of his career. He's about to retire. I would love to see Zion. He's the person that they're trying to build as the guy now. I would love to see a playoff series with them. I think that would be really interesting. And we I don't think we've really seen that. You know, I mean, the closest we've gotten, I guess, is Kevin Durant versus Giannis. And I guess, you know, the Lakers versus KD. I mean, or, or, or the, the Cavs versus the Warriors with KD. I mean, you don't really see, you know, the up and emerging guy versus the guy leaving. You see that more from football than you see it from basketball for some reason. But I mean, if, if if the season ended today, the Lakers at twenty six and thirty are the ninth seed, and the Pelicans are the ten are the ten seed. So we would see them in the play in game if Zion were to come back. And then you have the Timberwolves there at the seventh seed, and the Clippers are at the eighth seed. So that you know, just saying, that brings light to that the, like like the trade of the Clippers getting Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the Blazers, and the Blazers got Eric Bledsoe, Justin Win Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson in a twenty twenty five second round pick via Detroit. So the Clippers now have Norman Powell, they have Robert Covington, and they have Rodney Hood. They have some forwards for you. They have some forwards that are going to give you that work. Norman Powell can shoot, Rodney Hood can shoot, and Robert Covington, that Tennessee State graduate, hey, Tennessee State, in the building, HBCUs. I'm sorry, when I see Robert Covington, I get excited because he, he's in the NBA, man. He's like a a real deal great player that like really can affect your team. But like Robert Covington can defend, he can shoot. I'm telling you, watch out for the Clippers. And that happened on February the 4th. Now the trade that was really big and it was a, it was a real blockbuster trade for me. And this is the last one we're going to talk about today is the Cavaliers acquiring Karis Levert from the Pacers. I believe that that happened on I want to say last Sunday. It happened last Sunday, I believe. So the Cavaliers get Karis LeVert from Miami. No, no, sorry. I'm sorry. The Cavaliers get Karis LeVert. I'm, I'm getting mixed up. The Cavaliers get Karis LeVert and the 2022 second round pick via Miami. And the Pacers get Ricky Rubio, which I thought that's dirty because you trade Ricky Rubio. He was playing so great for you. Then he got injured. Now you trade him. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm with Ice Cube's son. I thought you couldn't trade, you know, injured players, but only in 2K. You can't do that in 2K. I think in 2K, they're like, bro, you can't do that, bro, because you're going to trade every injured player and get a good player. But I guess in 2K, like, like, it, like it's more honor in 2K than it is in real life because it's all business in real life, all right? But um, the Pacers, you get Ricky Rubio, a 2022 first-round draft pick that's lottery protected, a 2022 second-round pick via Houston, and a 2022 second-round pick via Utah. And Karis LeVert is already producing for them. The Cavaliers... I don't like, because I and, and this is what Colin Cowherd said on The Herd. He said that the Cavaliers and the Bulls are just good stories. Colin, no. Colin is so good at his job, but no, Colin. The Cavaliers are a contender. The East is wide open. I know you can't wrap your head around it because we are used to stars winning, and the Cavaliers don't have a star. But no, the Cavaliers are legit. The Cavaliers are really an old-school built team. They have twin towers. 
at, at the power forward and center spot. You have Darius Garland. That's that, that's a, a great point guard that can score and pass the ball. You now get Karis LeVert. That's someone that, that, that can go get buckets. You have Rajon Rondo coming off the bench. That's a mentor. And you even have Kevin Love that's still on the team from the, the glory days of the Cavaliers when it was LeBron, Kyrie, and him. And they were going for championships. So you still have him. He has a lot of great players. You have a car row that looks like he's going to be pop either come off the bench or slot to that small forward role. You have a lot of great players on that Cavaliers team. People sleeping on the Cavaliers, man. Y'all, y'all are casuals. Like y'all, if you're sleeping on the Cavaliers and you don't understand that they're a tough team and they're going to be scary for any team in the playoffs, man. Listen, I, I, I don't, I don't know what y'all are on. Like the Cavaliers have consistently proven that they should be respected. Right now, the Cavaliers are the number three team in the East, and they're two games off of Miami from being the number one seed. If the playoffs start today, they, they would play the Raptors, and they would beat the Raptors. They beat the Raptors. I, I, I fully believe that it would be a great series. That would be a great series. But if the playoffs start today, they, they would beat the Raptors. They would be going to the second round in which they would be playing, I guess, whoever comes out to play in tournament, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, I'm I'm fully sure that they would beat the Raptors. I need y'all to put some respect on the Cavaliers and Kobe Altman. He's doing his thing. I wish LeBron had a GM like that because the Lakers did absolutely nothing. I'm not going to dwell too much on it because you hear enough about it um, on social media and, and in the media. The Lakers made no moves. The Russ trade was a failure. I, I'm I'm rooting for the Lakers, but I'm not too upset that the Russ move didn't really work out. I'm not too upset. Honestly, I'm not too upset because I don't like super teams. So I'm not I'm not too mad. Um, but we'll see what happens in the summer. They were really close to getting Cam Reddish. And I think Alec Burks um, and Goran Dragic was going to be um, central in that trade. I believe Goran, Goran Dragic might have gone to um, maybe the Knicks, but that trade fell apart. I think that would have been a, a pretty good trade for the Lakers. It wouldn't have been a world beater or, hey, now they're championship contenders again. But you would have got some some younger forwards, and they would have shored up your defense. you know. But they didn't get them. Uh, we'll see what the Lakers do. They need to figure something out because I think that they can be a good team. It's a good team that's in there. And and Jason Timph for Lakers today. Uh, well, Lakers tonight, excuse me. And shout out to him, by the way. One last thing. Shout out to Jason Timph for getting with the volume sports. Wow amazing like literally so shout out to jason you know for going out there and getting the bag with colin cowherd and growing your audience for your podcast you really inspired me man but jason always says that there's a good team that's in there with the lakers but it's just not coming out so i think that they just need just just just, just to go from you know the from from their starting point and see okay hey like what are we doing wrong and what do we need to do better? Because we can't go get a trade. We'll see about the buyout. But I think that this is the team we're going to have. We are, we're still in, in that playoff number because the West has been pretty weak this year. So we still can make the playoffs. And if we rattle off some good wins, you know, we can still get out of the play-in and then possibly play the Grizzlies in the first round. And I think the Lakers are like, like a Grizzlies matchup better in the first round than a Warriors or Suns rematch. Because they don't want to go up against the Suns in the rematch. I don't think you want that. And they're going to be the number one seed again. The Warriors, they got Klay Thompson back. I don't know if you want to see them in the first round, although I think that would be a good series. You want to match up with the Grizzlies. If, if the highest you get is the sixth seed, you can get the five seed. I believe, like, well, who's at who's the five seed? Because I believe that if you look at the five seed, you have the Mavericks, or no, sorry, the Jazz. So possibly maybe you knock out Maybe you knock out um, the Mavericks and Denver because Denver and the Mavericks, you know, the, the Mavericks are playing well. Denver is still without Jamal Murray and and uh, Nikola Jokic's key pieces. So you play the Jazz. Maybe you like your chances against against the Jazz. I think that the Lakers have to try to move up, but you know we'll see. The Knicks don't make a trade. I don't really care. Like 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 the Knicks. I thought the Knicks would be good. I don't, I was hyping them up so much to start the season. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. So I will let the media, Stephen A. Smith, talk about the Knicks. I'm more so worried about Brooklyn. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he could hear more about Brooklyn from me. But we'll see what the, what, what, what they do with the, with the Knicks. The Knicks might mess around not make the playoffs, man. All that talk, all that trash I was talking about the Hawks to, to not make the playoffs next year. Uh, you hate to see it. But nevertheless, man, that really is it. Um, like I said, it was a very interesting NBA trade deadline. You got almost an hour from me. Um, I think that if you want me to, to diagnose... What I think are the, are the three best trades. Of course, I think James Harden going to Philadelphia 
and leaving that dumpster fire of that Brooklyn Nets organization being ran by really Kyrie Irving and his vaccine um, hypocrisy and him not wanting to get the vaccine. Uh, I feel sorry for Kevin Durant though, honestly, because he has to deal with all of this. But I think that the Nets do get better and, you know, Daryl Morey vindicates himself and he shows why he's the best GM in the league because Daryl Morey is the best GM in the league. Maybe outside of Pat Riley. I think him and Pat Riley are really like the best. Um, but I believe that when I look at this trade deadline, I believe that the Bucks also getting Ibaka, I believe that's going to be a huge trade going into the playoffs. I believe that the Cavaliers getting Karis LeVert, that's going to be big going into the playoffs because Hornets are going to be tough. But also, one big move that people aren't really talking about is what the Clippers are doing. I think the Clippers, they're going to be formidable. But I think you just have to really look at the Bucks as winners, the 76ers and the Nets are co-winners, and the Hornets as winners. I think it's what you have to look at it as. So I believe that in the East, things are going to really heat up. The Celtics are disappointing. What To me, I think the Celtics are more disappointing than the Lakers or the Knicks because why didn't you get a point guard? I don't get it. Go get Goran Dragic now. Go get him. I don't get it. The Wizards, I don't get it. Like, y'all could have very well tried to make the playoffs. Y'all had a good team. I guess you know, it's like, hey, the season's over. Bradley Bill is injured. I guess he's trying to free up cap space. I don't really know. But the Wizards are definitely a loser this trade deadline. Um, I don't know what the Blazers are doing, but the Blazers, I'll see what they're trying to do. But Damian Lillard, run. Damian Lillard, get out. Because <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do, man. They're playing with you, my brother. But listen, it is what it is at this point. I'm excited to see what happens as we move into All-Star Weekend and also as we move into the rest of the season. I'm so excited for the playoffs. This NBA season is getting interesting, and it wasn't really before. So I'm super excited to see what becomes of the Eastern Conference and really what happens in the playoffs. But I'm looking at the Suns. The Suns might be getting that ring, and Chris Paul might be getting his first ring. We'll see who meets the, in the East, but I'm looking at the Suns right now. They're looking really good. But nevertheless, I'll see y'all later. I'll see you on another side. Make sure to follow Post Radio 100 on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram, and also Post Radio on YouTube. And coming up, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl, but also I'm going to do an NBA All-Star show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Nevertheless, I'll see y'all later. You're listening to Pulse Radio. (laughs) 